Hello, Texas, America, and the world. This is Mark Dankoff coming to you live on RBN with the Dankoff Report of this Friday, November 10th. And it's coming to you live from San Antonio, Texas. I was on earlier in the morning with uh, Eric Gajewski on uh, traditional Catholicism's leading net radio broadcast, uh, Trad Cat Night. Your roadmap for this show uh, will include some news listings from that one. And then, of course, we have certain news listings which have popped up for our listeners to this show uh, that were not posted uh, earlier in the morning. Here we have something for you, folks. When you get to your roadmap, uh, probably after the show, uh, take a look at this video. It's 13 seconds long. Lindsey Graham on Fox. The video says that the approval ratings are in and limp wrist Lindsey Graham. Those are the words of the person who sent it to me. Limperist Lindsey Graham has radically changed his message to, quote, not another dime for Israel until we secure the southern border, unquote. Uh, this listener continues, things must really be looking bad for Lindsey if he is changing his neocon ways this drastically, even if it's in appearance only. The tide is shifting, quote, unquote. Take a look at that video, folks, and you can see exactly uh, what this particular listener was talking about. Uh, it's 13 seconds long. You don't know whether to laugh or cry. Border is broken. Our policies don't work. It's a matter of time that a bunch of Americans get killed. I will not vote for one dime for any country, including Israel, until we first secure our own border. Thank you, Lindsay. Boy, I tell you, that was inspiring stuff, wasn't it, folks? And we can thank our RBN tech for managing to sneak that in. And uh, we hope you stay with the rest of the broadcast after being forced to listen to that. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, laugh or cry as you will. This guy's in the U.S. Senate, and uh, he has done incalculable damage as a Republican to this country. And in terms of real national security interests, a little bit later in the news summary, we'll be looking at all kinds of statements coming from the whole host of idiots running for the uh, presidential nomination of the Republican Party. We also have in your roadmap uh, some of the sad statements of Robert F. Kennedy Jr. in regard to Israel, uh, which uh, pretty much indicate, uh, to me at least, uh, that his independent candidacy has lost a great deal of credibility uh, in regard to what seems like an open endorsement of a neocon foreign policy, uh, with statements that could have just as easily been made by Joe Biden or by Lindsey Graham. Well, let's go on here. Russian humor. We posted something in Russian and in English uh, and in German that was sent to me. And uh, you'll get it when you look at the roadmap. We have a uh, particular meme of uh, Volodymyr Zelensky up there. And it's entitled, What You Won't Do to Get $70 Billion. Uh, take a look at that, and you will see just how funny that really is, just how sad it is at the same time that the United States continues pumping billions of dollars into this guy. Only the latest good news from the American government is we've only got a billion left for this guy. Only a billion. And, of course, as you start to look at this whole business of the Russian-Ukraine conflict, uh, day in and day out, it's becoming very, very clear that certain things are happening. The Russians indicate that since the beginning of the year, they've added 410,000 troops uh, to those that uh, are available to them for their so-called special military operation. But it goes beyond that into such things as airstrikes. 
you start really looking at this, uh, South Front is a good place to look. Uh, Intel Slava is another one. Uh, um, the Ukrainian situation with uh, Zelensky uh, is simply causing uh, Ukraine itself to be absolutely pummeled from the air, uh, especially in p- places like Odessa and Nikolaev, uh, of course, on the Black Sea. And as you begin to continue looking at this whole business of what is going on along the entire Suravikan line, it's quite obvious that it's all over for Zelensky. Take a look at what is happening in uh, Kharkiv region to the north, especially what is going on with Kupiansk. Take a look at what is happening with places like Krasny, Liman. Take a look at the ongoing Russian securing of certain villages that surround Bak- Bakhmut, Artemovsk. Then, of course, go a little bit south from there. Take a look at what is happening in Avdiivka. There, the Russians are continuing their encirclement of that city. Once they have completed that encirclement, and that is a continued work in progress, that will be the end of the Ukrainian line in South Donbass. It will be the absolute end of Ukraine's ability uh, to utilize its artillery to bomb Donetsk City. And then, of course, you go down to the Zaporozhye region. It's very, very clear that uh, Zelensky is not going to fulfill the goal of his so-called counteroffensive. Remember back in the period of time when there was all this talk that this Ukrainian counteroffensive being fully supplied by the United States and, and, uh, and the NATO allies, both with monetary means as well as with weaponry, that Zelensky and his boys were simply going to march to the East Bank uh, of the uh, Donetsk River. And from that particular juncture, they were going to continue on supposedly uh, to Topol and from Topol all the way down to Mariupol and recapture that, of course. And then they were going to continue all the way to uh, where they could threaten Ukraine in uh, far more significant ways than with just a handful of drone strikes. Absolutely none of that has happened. It's not surprising that it hasn't happened. But one thing we can say is that the casualty lists for the Ukrainians have been absolutely staggering. They have had 90,000-plus casualties just since June 4th. Start looking at those numbers in terms of tanks lost, in terms of armored vehicles lost, in terms of drones lost, in terms of planes lost. Uh, And you'll begin to see very quickly that not only have they gained no territory, they have actually lost territory to the Russians in this counteroffensive. But the uh, casualty figures and the loss of materiel is absolutely amazing, uh, which leads us to Larry Johnson, our uh, favorite uh, ex-CIA analyst uh, at Sonar21.com. He was explaining to Sputnik today why he believes uh, that the Western governments are in the process of figuring out how to dump Zelensky. Well, there are a number of ways they can dump him. He can suddenly turn up in Tel Aviv, uh, stay at one of his real estate acquisitions there. He might just show up in Miami. Uh, and uh, stay uh, stay in hiding at one of his real estate acquisitions there. Or he could end up rather ominously uh, like some past American patrons like DM, who suddenly turned up real dead. Watch that one very closely because all of the rumors indicate that uh, uh, General uh, Zaluzny, the head of the Ukrainian military, and General Sirsky of the Ukrainian military and a whole host of other people in Zelensky's national security establishment have had about enough of him and would like to get rid of him. Why? Perhaps a deal is afoot. 
get rid of Zelensky, and perhaps all things might become suddenly possible in terms of a negotiation with the Russians. But uh, lest we get too quickly into that, it's quite obvious that Russia has no intention of returning to the terms of the agreement that they had tentatively reached with the Ukrainians a year ago at the end of March in Istanbul. Why? Uh, They have no intention of uh, giving the Ukrainians the opportunity to renege once again on what they reneged on at the end of March and what the Western general reneged on with the Russians in the Minsk I and Minsk II negotiations. And so quite obviously, uh, Boris Johnson and Joe Biden, who were the ones that told uh, Zelensky to pull the plug on the whole issue of negotiating with the Russians, uh, are suddenly nowhere to be found in terms of uh, explaining why any of that was in the interest of the Western countries or of the Ukrainians. Uh, It's quite obvious now that they are going to lose this conflict, which I think is absolutely good news. Let's uh, let's root NATO home and the new world order home and global homo home and going down the tube uh, uh, with a Zelensky defeat in Ukraine and uh, with the Russian acquisition, it seems to me, of what is uh, duly theirs through uh, gained access all along uh, the Donbass. And it just becomes a question at this juncture as to what else uh, Ukraine is going to lose if they don't get out of this in time. Will they? Will the Russians take the entire country right up to the border with uh, eastern Poland? No one seems to know at this point. But suffice it to say that this counteroffensive is a failure. It's over. And at this particular point in time, Mr. Zelensky is toast. Does he leave quietly? Does he leave surreptitiously? Does he turn up in one of his known locations, one of his known loved uh, locations, Tel Aviv or Miami, uh, presumably? uh, Or does he uh, force his way into a controversy and an open conflict with his own military that results in his disappearance? Dr. Patrick Slattery, of course, of National Bugle Radio and I have been talking for months about when the Ukrainian military would be prepared to pull the plug on Mr. Zelensky. It hadn't happened up to now, amazingly so. But I think we can anticipate that it is going to happen and that Larry Johnson's conversation with uh, Sputnik underscores just how quickly all of this uh, is likely to happen. So uh, uh, with Zelensky on his way out, uh, certainly the American public will begin to question all of these billions and billions and billions of dollars uh, that have been pumped into this bum and into this illegitimate regime uh, in this Biden, uh, Newland, Clinton uh, coup d'etat in February of 2014, they might hopefully also begin to question pouring billions and billions of additional dollars into the Netanyahu regime in Israel uh, with all of the incredible things going on in that country, both with its internal dissension as well as this absolutely gross and genocidal policy being pursued by Netanyahu and the Israeli Defense Forces in Gaza. And we'll get back to that, of course, a little bit later in the show in regard to the monolithically idiotic statements made by all of these Republican presidential candidates in this third Republican debate, which on the subject of Israel and Gaza, which, by the way, according to the latest ratings I've seen, there's a lot of fallout taking place over the fact that this 
debate absolutely bombed in television ratings. And in this particular case, uh, they are trying, as it were, uh, to hang all of this on, uh, on Mitt Romney's daughter, uh, of course, at the RNC, that it's all her fault. Ronna Romney, I think is her name. Uh, it's all her fault, of course, in that people weren't tuning in. I think that's a little unfair. I think the truth of the matter is, is that people have looked at all of these candidates. They've heard it all before. All of these people make them sick to their stomachs. And so nobody's watching. Why should they watch? You can read a three-minute transcript to get the general gist of exactly what was said, as well as what wasn't said in this third Republican debate. And so it's hard to imagine that you could lose an election to a Democratic Party led by Joe Biden. But it seems that absolutely anything is possible in the next year, including a third world war. That is not hyperbole on my part. Uh, It is very, very much a situation where around the world, more and more people are talking about this conflict going global. Well, let's switch to uh, domestic policy just for a moment. Tom Woods has a good one out there for Lou Rockwell, and it's entitled, Guess What Was Hiding in That Thousand Page Bill? Tom tells us that you may have heard that as of yesterday, it's been decided that beginning in 2026, all cars sold in the United States will be equipped with a kill switch, whereby the car can be disabled remotely if it is determined that you are driving poorly. Representative Thomas Massey sought to defund this provision of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, a bill of over a thousand pages. His amendment was defeated. Read that article to understand all of the implications of what is behind this kill switch. And it's not surprising, once again, uh, that Debbie Wasserman Schultz uh, was uh, taking to the floor to fight for the inclusion of this kill switch uh, clause in this bill for reasons that you uh, might well imagine in terms of all kinds of outsiders looking in and listening in and pulling the plug on you if they don't happen to like you. And I've said Tyler Durden has run one both for Lou Rockwell and for Zero Hedge, Tyler's home. It's entitled IRS warns over tax withholding, announces higher retirement contribution limits. Now, he says, Tyler does, that this move to bolster retirement contributions stands in stark contrast to recent data from the Bank of America highlighted by the Epoch Times, which has indicated a distressing trend of growing hardship withdrawals from 401k accounts. The uptick, 36% higher than the same time last year, signals that despite the IRS's incentivizing higher savings rates, financial hardships are compelling a significant number of Americans to dip into their retirement funds prematurely, unquote. Andrew Anglin has an absolutely hilarious piece for UNS. It is satire, folks. I'll tell you that in advance. Uh, The editor posted a note, this is fake news. I know it's funnier, he says, not to add this note because boomers will repost this to their blogs and then it will go viral on Facebook and Snopes will have to write about it. However, when it comes to some of these sensitive satire pieces, says the editor of the UNS Review, it's better just to leave this note here. Sorry if anyone wants to repost this without the note. That's none of my business. I don't claim any copyright on the material on this website. And basically, the title of this, written by Andrew Anglin, is Citing War in Israel, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis Suspends Habeas Corpus, Begins Mass Arrests. 
So just go ahead and read uh, the excerpt of the story that we have posted at the roadmap, and uh, you will understand that this is a terrific piece of satire that is not necessarily that far removed where we could be in reality, folks, in terms of this entire zany thing between the United States and the Zionist government for Israel and these lunatics who link American exclusivism and exceptionalism with the Israeli version. You can see that even where I live in northeast San Antonio. There are people in my neighborhood flying both the American flag and the Israeli flag at the same time. Took a picture of one of these, by the way, and this guy was out watering his lawn. I didn't say anything to him. He says, hey, what do you think of my flag display? I said, I remember the USS Liberty. He had no idea what I was talking about. I uh, suggested that he might want to Google that. Getting back into history now, we have a history category, a brief one in this show. Admiral Harry E. Yarnell. How many of you know who Admiral Harry E. Yarnell was? He was from Independence, Iowa. I need to research whether or not he is on one of the 99 Freedom Rocks in Iowa, as my late father is. Admiral Yarnell is someone that I learned about uh, through buying uh, George Morgenstern's book on Pearl Harbor uh, from Mark Weber at the Institute of Historical Review. In this particular case, uh, military history tells us that among Yarnell's achievements was proving in war games in 1932 that Pearl Harbor was vulnerable to a naval aerial attack, only to have his findings dismissed by his superiors until the Imperial Japanese Navy attacked the base in 1941 in the same manner that Yarnell predicted. In other words, the Japanese paid more attention to the outcome of Yarnell's war games than his own superiors did. And the long and the short of it is that uh, in Yarnell's particular situation, uh, he was an absolute prophet before his time uh, and uh, largely uh, was not recognized for the genius that he was uh, until after his naval career was over. Now, here we are all these years later, and I'll make a point on something about Admiral Yarnell that is currently viable and applicable. When we return with the Dan Koff Report on RBN, stay tuned. Stands for truth, liberty, and balance. We are the newest and most unique social media platform to hit the Internet. We were built out of necessity because Big Tech, Big Pharma, and Big Brother are out of control. The only thing bigger than them is when we the people are united. With that vision, TLB Talk was born. Our battlefield is in cyberspace. The battle we're in can be won by clicks of buttons and voting with your wallet. TLB Talk has no hidden agendas, no corporate funding, and we do not sell, trade, or give away any of your information. Our platform runs off of generous donations of members and merchandise profits. So please, check out our site. It's the best around. And be sure to stop by our store. It's loaded with items that'll have you feeling a sense of member pride and victory. Come unite with us today at TLBTalk.com and join the social media revolution. People often write to tell us what has happened for them since starting Extendivite. Allow me to read a few highlights. Extendivite works in keeping my blood pressure in the normal range. I have been using Extendivite for many years. Great product. I use regularly and I rarely get sick. This product has relieved what appeared to be angina pain in my chest and shortness of breath after climbing stairs. I'm quite happy about it. My husband, son, and I have been using this product for a few months now, and we have noticed an improvement in our joints and blood pressure. 
To order, call 1-877-928-8822 or visit extendivite.com. That's X-T-E-N-D-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Extend your life with Extendovite. Here's some interesting news. Due to all the recent claims about possible nuclear wars, viruses, solar flares, and civil unrest, people are scrambling to prepare and stockpile food. But the one thing out of reach for many is an underground bunker. Until now. Because you can now have a 3D printed underground bunker in just one day. An excavator digs a hole in your backyard and 3dbunkers.com shows up in a small truck and sets up their 3D printer under a tent completely undetected. They can print as many rooms as you want at a fraction of the cost compared to traditional metal bunkers. 3D Bunkers uses polymer concrete, which is five times stronger than regular cement. YouTube3DBunkers.com and watch the video. The creators of 3D Bunkers is looking for a business partner that can help bring this technology to the world. And we need to protect our way of life without living in fear. Contact Brad at 3DBunkers.com for more details or visit 3DBunkers.com. There's no combination of words I could put on the back of a postcard No song that I could sing but I can try for your heart Our dreams and they are made out of real things Like a shoebox of photographs with sepia tone loving We're back, you're listening to the Dancoff Report live on RBN with Mark Dancoff in San Antonio, Texas on this Friday, November 10th. Uh, by the way, in the roadmap, only because tomorrow is November 11th. Uh, yeah, some of you know that as Veterans Day. I know that as the 39th anniversary of my ordination as a Lutheran clergyman. Last time I was in a Lutheran pulpit was uh, two years ago this past October. And uh, there's a link up to that if you want to watch a 25-minute uh, eulogy of a close friend of mine. So uh, that is there. And on the other hand, you don't have to watch any of it. But it is <laughs> it is there available for you if you, uh, if you so choose. Now, back to Admiral Harry E. Yarnell of Independence, Iowa. It is clear, and I think the George Morgenstern book on Pearl Harbor that I purchased from Mark Weber underscores this. Yarnell was basically the father of the Carrier Task Force Group. Uh, his concepts and his war games in 1932, primarily relying on carriers and airplanes, uh, was absolutely pivotal uh, to what became eventually uh, the centerpiece of American naval strategy, uh, but only after uh, the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor and uh, only after some of Yarnell's basic insights were understood by more people uh, in the Navy hierarchy, who had always favored uh, the older uh, battleship and destroyer uh, strategy that had characterized the American Navy up to that point. Now, these war games, as I began thinking about this last night, were 91 years ago. Uh, in this particular case, of course, they were nine years before the Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor. What are we dealing with now as we start looking at this entire situation in the Middle East? I don't think many people recognize just how committed this country is militarily in a major kind of way. You're listening to CNN. If you're listening to MSNBC, 
Uh, if you are uh, occasionally consulting those kinds of news outlets, uh, you're probably not aware of the fact that the United States has an armada presently uh, committed to the eastern Mediterranean and to the Red Sea, and presumably at some point the Persian Gulf. Uh, Eric Margolis underscores what I have been following with the specific numbers involved uh, from international media sources in regard to what Margolis calls these jolly little wars. Biden has declared himself a war president, says Eric Margolis. He's ordered two American aircraft carriers, that's the USS Dwight D. Eisenhower and the USS Gerald R. Ford, by the way. He has ordered them and advanced missile systems and 2,000 Marines to the Mideast. It's full-force war fever in Washington. And as we go on to read what is going on here, Margolis uh, places the entire blame for this American military armada's deployment on the Israeli lobby. America's Israeli lobby is the prime motivator of intense support in Congress and the media for the Ukraine war. And ultimately, what Margolis doesn't necessarily mention, at least in this excerpt, and that is that Alexander Mercurius uh, is likely to be proven right, along with his uh, partner Alex Christoforou at the Duran. And that is that this armada has a lot more to do with an American attack on Iran at the behest of Zionist forces than it does with what is presently happening in Gaza. So you've got the aircraft carrier task force groups. You have the advanced missile systems that are being deployed in different countries uh, in the region. You've got the 2,000 Marines on the WASP-class uh, amphibious landing craft floating around out there. You have the deployment, as I was mentioning on Trad Cad Night earlier today, the deployment of an Ohio-class American nuclear submarine that is just loaded full of Tomahawk cruise missiles. A hundred? Some say 200. Whatever the figure is, it is quite obvious that something is going on out there as you begin to see the extent to which this is the greatest American military buildup in, uh, in, in a naval sense of the word since the end of the Second World War. Now, when you start looking at this, of course, Margolis goes on to emphasize it with our national debt at $33.6 trillion. We are now, for the first time, going to spend a trillion dollars in interest on that debt this year. That uh, this deficit is going to uh, capsize the economy and crash Wall Street, all for the Israeli lobby and the military-industrial complex. But going back for a moment uh, to Admiral Harry E. Yarnell and his uh, naval genius in 1932, nine years before the uh, Japanese attack on Pearl Harbor, that the entire aircraft carrier-based projection of air power, which is at the center of U.S. Navy war strategy uh, from the Battle of Midway onward, it seems, up to the present time, is increasingly vulnerable to technologies that did not exist in Admiral Yarnell's era. I'm referring to hypersonic missiles. Now, there have been articles appearing, highly technical articles, of which I can understand only a little bit about these missiles, but uh, we could well see an incredible disaster out there in the process of unfolding. We'll be back. This is the Dan Koff Report on RBN Live from San Antonio. Stay tuned. The prairie sky is wide and high. 
deep in the heart of Texas. The coyotes wail along the trail. Deep in the heart you of can't Texas. can't handle the truth. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Real news. Real talk. Real people. Because you can handle the truth. My name is John. I'm the founder of Blackout Coffee, and I started uh, Blackout because I really love coffee. I've always loved coffee, and after traveling so much to Europe, South America, and trying so many different coffees that were so good, and uh, every time I came back uh, to the U.S., I was so disappointed with the coffee, so I figured that I had to do something about it. The biggest difference is really is on the beans and the roasting process, how we roast it and how fresh it is. The fresher the roast, the better the quality. Here I have like all, all of the coffee. It's roasted within one to two days prior to being shipped. So it literally gets to consumers' house within three to five days after being roasted. If you like coffee, you have to try ours. It's fresh roasted. It's one of the best beans that we can get. And you will definitely see the difference. Visit blackoutcoffee.com and use the coupon code REPUB10. That's REPUB10. Find your inner rebel at Dixie Republic, the world's largest Confederate store, located in Traveler's Rest, South Carolina. The anti white, anti Christ, anti Southern world ends at the asphalt. Welcome to God's country. Log on to DixieRepublic.com to view our Southern merchandise from flags to T-shirts to artwork. At the store, browse through our extensive collection of belt buckles and have a custom-made leather belt handcrafted in our Johnny Rebs gun and leather shop. That's DixieRepublic.com where you can meet all of your Southern needs. Support those that support the network. Support Dixie Republic at DixieRepublic.com. Email ProudSouthern123 at gmail.com and let them know that RBN sent you. Have you been looking for a trusted long-term storable food company? We have a solution for you. Simply Clean Foods is dedicated to providing the best quality food you can buy next to fresh from a farmer's market. Our line of resealable fruits, vegetables, and meats are suitable for everyday use, and you won't have to worry about throwing away valuable groceries ever again. Our food is completely GMO-free, and our stringent quality controls, plus testing for heavy metals, makes us unique in the storable foods market. Simply Clean Foods' primary focus is to bring clean food to people all around the world and change the way we look at freeze-dried food in our daily cooking. When you purchase from Simply Clean Foods, not only will you be receiving high-quality food, but you will also be supporting veterans in need across the country and those who are affected by natural disasters. Go to republicbroadcasting.org and click on Long-Term Food Storage in the Rotating Sponsors banners to support RBN. Simply Clean Foods. Do it today. That old cop went riding out one dark and windy day. Up on a ridge he rested as he went along his way. When all at once a mighty herd of red-eyed cows he saw a plowing through the ragged skies and up a cloudy draw. Yippee-i-ay. We're back. You're listening to Mark Dankoff live on the Dankoff Report on RBN on this Friday, November the 10th. 
That was the great Eddie Arnold with an old RCA Victor recording of Ghost Riders in the Sky. Back for a minute to naval strategy and aircraft carriers. We were talking a little bit about Admiral Harry E. Yarnell of Independence, Iowa. That is war games in 1932, and the implications of those weren't listened to in regard to the lessons learned and the lessons conveyed by any of his superiors, as near as I can tell, in the USS Navy, in the uh, U.S. Navy. The fascinating thing is that the Imperial Japanese Navy uh, used all of the things that Yarnell proved uh, to war game and ultimately to uh, execute that are their attack on Pearl Harbor nine years later. Now, here we are now talking about these incredible American uh, naval assets that have been committed to the Eastern Mediterranean and the Red Sea, uh, presumably the Persian Gulf as well. And with these hypersonic missiles possessed by Russia, uh, and of course, secondarily, I understand Iran possesses uh, some kind of hypersonic missile now, we're talking about a missile that apparently can uh, deliver a warhead of... uh, some hundred, some fifteen hundred to two thousand kilos, uh, and travel at anywhere from nine to twelve times the speed of sound. There been a number of technical articles written by people who know about this sort of thing in recent years, uh, claiming that this development of this hypersonic missile would render the entire U.S. Navy carrier base strategy obsolete. If that's right, folks, we are headed for something as significant, uh, a turning point in history, uh, as was the case going all the way back to the book of Esther in the Old Testament. I know some of you don't like the book of Esther. We won't go down that road, except to say that in the very beginning chapter, Xerxes, one of the last of the Achaemenid kings of ancient Persia, was apparently planning uh, planning out and wargaming how he was going to defeat uh, the Greeks. And of course, uh, the way that these battles of Salamis and Thermopylae ended up turning out, uh, the Persians lost and uh, they began to recede in influence as an empire in world history to be replaced by Greece under Alexander the Great. And then, of course, after the breaking up of the Greek Empire, uh, ultimately the Roman Empire. What is the application here? That if, in fact, these people that have written these articles about these hypersonic missiles are correct. The United States is putting forth an incredible naval armada in the eastern Mediterranean and in the Red Sea and the Persian Gulf that could end up being lambasted, absolutely lambasted in the same kind of turning point in history uh, that we saw in the ancient world going from the ancient Persian Achaemenid Empire to the Greeks under Alexander the Great. Uh, could well be what we are about to witness if this thing happens. Therefore, of course, there's an old biblical pattern that uh, when you start looking at what causes empires to rise and fall, when we look at empires that fall, we start talking about debt. We start talking about moral decadence. We start talking about terrible political leadership and corruption of people. We start talking about the overextension of military empire. Those are just a few of the things that cause empires to go down the tube. We are, in my judgment, witnessing this now in regard to the Zio uh, Anglo-American empire that is teetering on the edge of something that it has started that I think it will be unable to finish. 
We'll uh, see whether or not that proves to be the correct analysis of all of this. But uh, keep an eye on it. There's no question that uh, some things are in the process of developing uh, that are very, very serious. Now, here's one for you. Uh, Nikki Haley, we'll get back to her on some of her fellow Republican candidates in a minute. But uh, Nikki Haley was uh, extolling the virtues of the democracy of the Zelensky regime in this third Republican debate. Not uh, mentioning, for example, that, of course, the entire present Ukrainian regime is illegitimate. The legitimate government of that country was overthrown by the American CIA in uh, February of 2014. That's something she uh, neglected to mention. She neglected to mention the 15,000 ethnic Russians who lost their lives in the Donbass when the regime in Kiev started trying to force these people uh, into being governed by a central government that they did not recognize as legitimate because they knew who was behind this coup. And then, of course, you get into some of the uh, Zelensky uh, 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 family's more uh, significant current operations. Here are just a couple for you. Elena Zelenskaya's foundation, that's Zelensky's wife, has been implicated in child trafficking schemes. A journalistic investigation by French reporter Robert Schmidt has revealed a dark side to the activities of the Elena Zelenskaya Foundation. Under the guise of evacuation operations, dozens of underage children have been smuggled out of Ukraine, many of whom have ended up in networks involved in the illegal sexual export exploitation of minors. That sounds about as Jewish as the uh, Epstein-Maxwell uh, uh, element, doesn't it? Uh, take a look at this and uh, read uh, what has uh, already transpired on this. Uh, in regard to an uh, an investigation that has begun. And uh, the testimony of a former employee is involved in all of this. He's provided lists of children, travel routes, addresses, and other internal foundation documents. Zelenskaya's nonprofit organization systematically transferred children to pedophiles in France, the U.K., and Germany. Here you go, folks. One of the most famous clients of the Zelenskaya Foundation is the French writer and journalist Bernard-Henri Levy. Oh, he sounds like uh, somebody that uh, Jeff Epstein would probably have known. At any rate, this foundation was established in autumn of 2002. Uh, contact Nikki Haley and ask her what she thinks of this. And then, of course, there's old Vladimir himself, right? He has banned the Ukrainian Orthodox Church. That is the canonical Orthodox Church of Ukraine. He has introduced same-sex marriage in the way of a bill that has now passed its first reading in the Verkhovna Rada of Ukraine. That is their uh, parliament. At the same time, Zelensky gave the go-ahead to a bill allowing uh, to officially uh, allowing Ukrainians to officially register same-sex cohabitation. And then this statement from uh, Ashtosko News, which published this. After the failure of the quote-unquote counteroffensive, Kiev is trying to demonstrate some sort of success to its American handlers. Apparently, success is defined here as uh, the legitimacy of the LGBTQ global agenda uh, and uh, Elena Zelenskaya's uh, alleged involvement in child trafficking schemes that are related to pedoph pedophilia rings uh, including the possibility uh, that surrounds this operation in French, uh, in France, uh, where uh, Bernard Henri Levy, 
who uh, shows up as a big time uh, 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 power weight of this Zelenskaya Foundation uh, have some questions to answer. By the way, uh, we've got about 19 minutes to go. I responded to press television Iran's Biden's pro-war policy backfires as Americans say no to Gaza genocide. This is a decent article, by the way, at Press TV. We've put it up for you in the roadmap. And uh, it deals with demonstrations that quite obviously, when you understand the American political scene the way I have uh, for many, many years, and uh, looking at some of these various organizations that have turned up in these urban protests in the United States, most of these are left-wing organizations Some of them are left-wing Jewish organizations, predominantly, like Jewish Voice for Peace and Code Pink and so forth and so on. Uh, I responded to Press TV on this, cordially, of course. I do respect these people. But I said that, in my opinion, the only chance the United States has to be extricated from this mess is for a wider backlash to take place against Jewish power generally in America. That will not occur with any of these leftist groups showing up at these demonstrations or with anyone else running for president in 2024 in either major party. And that includes Robert F. Kennedy's independent candidacy. The only chance, I said to Press TV, for such a revolt in the United States or in Western Europe uh, to transpire uh, is via the populist right after a complete crash landing a catastrophe, militarily, politically, culturally, and economically. The best chance, I said to Press TV, for the populist right's success in such a scenario is in the United States because of what? Firearms. That assumes the country is at all intact and that the populist right heads for rural areas in the most hospitable states and develops its own food sources, water wells, and underground shelters. The urban areas, I said to Press TV, will perish in global homo demographics, crime, and moral degeneracy. So as Eric Gajewski and I uh, were talking about all of this on Tradcat Night this morning, I'm repeating this for my own audience at RBN. Uh, This is the way that I see this thing. We're not going to be saved by any of these people running for president. There is not going to be uh, any salvation from these left-wing groups that are uh, on the one hand, quite rightly protesting Israeli genocide of Palestinians in Gaza, but who nonetheless, in so many cases, support so much else of the Jewish domestic agenda in the United States. That's not going to save us. And I referenced for Press TV uh, Kevin McDonald's post for the UNS Review. It's entitled, Will the Gaza War Threaten Jewish Power in the United States and Their Status as Occupying the Moral High Ground, uh, that is the title of the article. We put that up on the roadmap. It is very, very definitely worth your time to take a look at what Dr. McDonald has to say on this subject. Because if the Gaza War does threaten Jewish power in the United States, it seems to me that that would create a power vacuum. Who is going to occupy that power vacuum after Jewish power leads this country into absolute political, moral, economic, and military disaster uh, as we see uh, the the country uh, crumbling in all of these different ways. I argue that it is going to be the right, not the left, that is going to have to take care of this problem and that it will be the populist right 
the real right that takes care of this problem if there's anything left to save after the catastrophe goes boom. And in this particular case, anyone, anyone who believes that the Republican Party and this collection of absolute zeros running for the nomination of the Republican Party for the presidency of the United States is going to save us or that Robert F. Kennedy is going to save us. This uh, you got to be kidding, folks. If you believe that, take a very, very serious look at some better news sources in regard to what the bigger picture uh, is. And it's clear and it's emerging and it's developing and it's scary. By the way, eschatology, the doctrine of the second coming, in this case, the second coming of Jesus Christ, if you're a Christian, uh, the uh, Sunni and Shia Muslims have their eschatology, of course, uh, so that uh, we uh, acknowledge that on this broadcast. But Alexander Dugan, uh, whose daughter, uh, uh, Daria Dugina, was assassinated a year ago uh, on August 20th, courtesy of uh, Zelensky's Ukrainian intelligence service. And uh, by the way, uh, that uh, it is hard to believe that the American CIA uh, was not consulted on that before it happened. Uh, in this particular case, uh, Dugan weighs in with Geopolitica with an article entitled Alexander Dugan, My Vision for the New World Order and the Gazan War. Uh, we have Geopolitica to thank for having these articles for you and I to read. Uh, not simply in Russian, which I don't read, but in English and in a series of other languages as well, for those of you who may read something other than the English language. Uh, Dugan says, and this is absolutely profound, I want you to listen very closely to this. He says, quote, The West, in its contemporary form, represents an anti-Christian phenomenon, lacking any connection to the values of Christianity or the embrace of the Christian cross. It's essential to recognize that when the Islamic world clashes with the West, it is not engaging in a conflict with the civilization of Christ, but rather with an anti-Christian civilization, which can be termed the civilization, civilization of the Antichrist, unquote. I happen to agree with that, folks. I think it's incredibly profound. So when Lindsey Graham tells you that this current conflict in Gaza, using his words, is a religious war, it's a religious war, all right, because Lindsey Graham uh, represents, as do all of the other backers of the Zionist state of Israel, represent uh, the uh, support on the part of a degenerate United States government of a degenerate United States news media and political structure, infrastructure, of Global Homo, the New World Order, uh, the global enforcement of the LGBTQ agenda, the ongoing advancement in surveillance on the part of central states, central governments, to uh, suppress the freedom of speech of individuals who live in these respective countries. And in the United States, obviously, uh, this is a grave threat uh, to the Bill of Rights and to the Constitution, as that has been historically understood since the time of the Founding Fathers. Uh, this is uh, absolutely pivotal that, again, we recognize what it is that Dugan is driving at here when he tells us that the West, and the United States is included in this, represents an anti-Christian phenomenon. It lacks any connection to the values of Christianity or the embrace of the Christian cross. When the Islamic world clashes with the West, 
It is not engaging in a conflict with the civilization of Christ, but rather with an anti-Christian civilization, which can be termed the civilization of the Antichrist. Let's hope that Lindsey Graham reads that and thinks about it in time. I doubt that he will. So let's go on here, folks. Uh, did you tune in the uh, third Republican debate on television? If you did, you were <laughs> in the smallest percentage of Americans uh, who watched this thing. And I think that's a good thing, not a bad thing, by the way. But uh, read these statements of Ron DeSantis, Nikki Haley, Chris Christie, Senator Tim Scott, and Vivek Ramaswamy, who, in the terms of the latter person, has said some good things on the Ukrainian war, uh, but nonetheless has said some very idiotic and pro-Zionist things that, in my judgment, would disqualify him as being someone I would vote for as well. But read those statements. We put them in the roadmap for you to take a look at. And uh, if you read them, uh, you will absolutely shake your head if you understand what it is we've been covering on this show for months and for years now in regard to the future direction of this country, which is a moral abyss, a political abyss, an economic collapse, and a military disaster. If that's what you want for the United States, then go ahead and say that you stand with Israel I don't stand with these people at all. And again, I will simply underscore what we've covered on this network for a long time. Remember the USS Liberty. Well, military rearmament, we are told, is just getting started in terms of the Western world uh, catching up with Putin's Russia and with the Chinese. The interesting thing here is that the Oregon group, uh, we posted this for you in terms of the link, I caught uh, one of my news sources on Telegram published this very, very fascinating thing here from the Oregon Group, which says that secure critical mineral supply chains are essential to sustain any significant military. The challenge is this. The United States identified 50 critical minerals in 2022, but was 100% net import reliant for 12 of them and had a net import reliance greater than 50% of apparent consumption for 31 others. In other words, says the Oregon Group, as highlighted by a recent export ban on gallium and germanium by China, which supplies 54% of all U.S. Germ uh, germanium, the U.S. military critical mineral supply chain is extremely vulnerable. By the way, there are only apparently two places in the United States that uh, would... Uh, attempt to manufacture anything like this anyway. When we start looking at the figures on Russian Russian military production, just in the area of 155 millimeter artillery shells alone, and compare that with what the United States is no longer able to sustain in regard to industrial warfare production, uh, take a look once again at Alex Vershinin's article uh, on the art of industrial warfare. It's not on the board this time, but we can certainly get it uh, up there for you again. That's from the Royal United Services Institute. That is a British think tank. Uh, it is at one level pro-military industrial complex. But Vershinin's article, which I first found out about from the Duran months ago, deals with what has happened to the American manufacturing capability when it comes to industrial warfare. It is this, folks, that we are up against. 
We are living in a world where the United States is no longer the world's greatest industrial power. China is. The United States does not control the lion's share of commodities globally. Russia does. When you start talking about the fact that those things are true and that these are both nuclear powers and that the Iranians have thrown their weight in, their considerable weight in, with the Chinese and with the Russians, and you start looking at all of the nations of the world joining this effort to de-dollarize the global economy through the BRICS organization, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and the fact that countries like Iran are going to be joining come this January, I understand. The Iranians are going to be joining BRICS as well as the Shanghai Cooperation Organization. You can begin to see the absolute beginning of the end not simply for Zelensky and his clowns in Kiev, not simply for the Netanyahu uh, regime in Israel, but the entire enterprise of the post-World War II world order is in the process of collapse and disappearance from history. may not be immediate, but nonetheless, that is the direction in which we are headed. Uh, keep an eye on that tendency. We've got about five minutes to go here. Uh, Paul Craig Roberts tells us that COVID was an orchestrated event. Uh, I uh, simply listed the place where you can uh, read that story. Anthony Scott for the Gateway Pundit says that the FBI was spotted recruiting at a Pride event in North Carolina. Uh, take a look at that story, especially since the Republicans, a uh, considerable number of Republicans up on Capitol Hill, uh, vo- uh, voted for this multi-million dollar expenditure for a new FBI headquarters. Uh, do with that what you will. Mark Weber of the IHR, uh, go, going back to 2015 now, has uh, a video worth your time entitled The Challenge and Dangers of Jewish Zionist Power. And then, of course, today's truth video. Folks, as we enter the last few minutes of this broadcast, I don't know how to explain how bad this situation is in Gaza if one has not been exposed to the steady stream of uh, verifiable video coverage of this killing and this savagery being uh, undertaken by Netanyahu and his bums in Gaza, that any American political candidate of either of the major political parties would support this is absolutely beyond me. Because when you start looking at these videos and start looking at the massive amount of death involved, we are talking about the wholesale bombing of civilian neighborhoods, the wholesale bombing of hospitals and schools targeted so, uh, the wholesale bombing of uh, points of refuge for those who are trying to get away from these airstrikes, if they're even considering trying to get out of the part of Gaza in which they reside. On our roadmap, we have a truth video. We've entitled it Today's Truth Video. comes to us from Intel Republic on Telegram. And it says, Happening now, towers of black smoke leave 13 dead and dozens wounded as Israel again bombs Al-Rantisi Children's Hospital in the Gaza Strip. Uh, Intel Republic says rhetorically, International law? Haven't heard of it. Iran, however, as we are reminded by Intel Republic, warns that the scale of civilian suffering will lead to conflict spilling into neighboring countries. And then the update from Intel Republic says that both 
all Rontisi and all Nasser Children's Hospitals are under fire. Patients and medical staff are without food and water. This comes to us directly from the Gaza Ministry of Health. The latest casualty figures that I have seen on this indicated that about 11,000 Gazans are dead. And of those, 70% uh, are women and children. Uh, If you understand, of course, the demographics of that region of 2.1 million people, uh, that's a very uh, reliable estimate on what it is that your government and mine are supporting. We need a change and we need it now. I'll see you next Friday. God only knows where we will be even then. Let's root and pray for the defeat of the new world order. Let's root for a Russian victory in Ukraine. Let's root for the Palestinians to surprise people and the Iranians in fighting these bums tooth and nail to the very end of history. You've been listening to Mark Dankoff on the Republic Broadcasting Network. I will see you in one week. God bless you. Hello, hello, hello from beautiful Colorado. My name is Samuel Jung Kay, and I am currently the lead Shilajee hunter and master herbalist for Colorado Shilajee Company. In this video series, I will be discussing what we believe is the greatest of all adaptogenic superfoods and the single greatest natural healing remedy gifted to us by Mother Earth. I think you too will become as excited by this incredible substance called Shilajee as we were and are after our discovery of this amazing gift right here in beautiful, colorful Colorado. You may already know Shilajit by other names. Shilajit, Momio, Momi, Mami, Mineral Pitch, Asphaltum, and others. Shiloji literally translates to destroyer of weakness and conqueror of mountains. Shiloji has been in use for thousands of years and is considered as the highest valued cure-all of any earthly substance. Look for the gold mountain and medical symbol logo in banners on republicbroadcasting.org to watch the full video and see more information. Use code GORBN when ordering. That's G-O-R-B-N. You're listening to Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Truth, truth, truth.